0: Understand that no matter what I may face in my life, no matter what difficulty I may see, that if I look at it through a lens of hope, that I realize that no matter what has transpired to conspire against me, that I realize that God has his mighty hand over my life. Romans 15, 13 from the New King James Version says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now the God of hope, meaning the one who inspires and produces the Christian hope. The God who teaches you how to hope and to hang on. Somebody say, I'm hanging on. on. That he may fill you with all joy and peace. If they were filled with this, that you would have to understand when you're filled with joy and peace, you'll have no strife with your brothers or with yourself in your own mind. No contention. It says peace in believing. In the believing is the effect that produces joy and peace. Joy and peace come from you believing in God. That no matter how bad it may seem, you believe in God. So because you're forgetting about the issue and the problem you're facing, then you have to understand that joy and peace come from it. Because you are in God. You extract joy and peace out of hope after, only after you choose to believe God. We can say it a thousand times, but some of us seem to never stop worrying about stuff. We worry, 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 but in retrospect, if you look at the Bible, it says you have peace in your believing. You can kill my base, Manny, just a little bit. And it says, through the power of the Holy Spirit, may hope abound in you. That your hope may abound, abound, meaning it's a motion word. It's a word of action. A word that tells you that God wants to bring something shifting and moving into your life. Somebody say, I'm changing. You have to understand that through the power, it means by a powerful operation of the Holy Spirit that your Christian hope is brought to life. Somebody say amen. If you think you have what you need, then you don't need God. But the moment you realize you got some things you need, then you need to give God your hope. Somebody say amen. amen. Romans eight twenty four 24 and 25 says, For in this hope, meaning Jesus, we were saved. But a hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? It would be hopeless for me to desire to have a Mazda 6, 2006 edition why because I already have one so that's not hope at all you need to hang on to hope for something in your life that you do not yet possess that you are believing God for something that you are saying God I am so far beyond faith that now I just have a hope right now I just have to believe I just got to say God no matter what happens even though it may not look like it I'm gonna believe you It may not seem right, but I'm going to trust you. It may not look like it's going to work in my favor, but I understand, God, that I need to put my hope, somebody say hope, in you. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. We say it many times, but never truly live it, that all things are possible through Christ. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. We continually remember before our God and Father... Your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody ever feel tired midweek? Come on, help me out this morning. You didn't feel like you could make it through. You felt that the devil was completely after your life. Everything looked horrible. But it says... Your endurance was inspired by your hope, so you put your hope in God, and even when you feel like you cannot make it, the Bible says that your endurance is inspired by your hope, your endurance, your ability to move past your little emotions. It's so funny and amusing how, how things in your current life seem to have such a huge scale. But five years from now, you'll say, why did I ever worry about something so stupid? Something just so silly. Something so small that I'm the windshield of my life is not even a speck. Because in retrospect, I worry about things that got no business even in my life. You hearing me this morning? But if you put your hope in God. Your endurance will come from it. Your ability to keep moving forward. Your ability to not give up on God. Your ability to say, God, no matter what, I'm trusting you. I'm believing you. I got my hope in you, my faith, my everything, my finances are in you, God. You with me? Tell somebody next to you, to get some hope. Every time you decided not to give up, it was because you decided to endure for the cross. And that cross was given by hope. Your endurance was inspired by your hope in God. Your love for God made your hope appear, and it made your endurance move forward. If you ask yourself, why do I need to have to go through these situations that require me to hope? If I feel as if I'm always in need of God, you ever felt like you're always in need of God? You're always waiting for God. You're always trying to put your trust in God. Like you're always on the waiting list for something. Did you not know that it's not God's will for you to live, to always expect a miracle? Because a miracle means you always need supernatural intervention. But it is God's will for you to live a blessed life so that you do not have to put your dependence upon him every morning and every day and every night. But he desires for you to be blessed in your finances, in your home and in your job. That God desires for you not to to sit there and wait for miracles in your life. Because miracles means that only supernatural help can help you. But God desires you to be blessed every day. Blessed folk don't need miracles. Blessed folk don't need God to provide nothing for them in a sense because they've got everything they need because God already did it. But you know what, we, 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 we get to this point where we need a miracle from God. We put ourselves at the brink of destruction, and we then need God to have a major intervention with our lives and to come down every day and save the day because we can't seem just to hope in God. You with me? To the person next to you, get some hope. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 18 to 20. I read this scripture maybe a few months ago to you. And it said, God did this so that by two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie. Somebody say, "Uh uh-huh. We who have fled to take hold of the hope. Somebody say "Hope," hope. Offered to us may be greatly encouraged. God wants you to be encouraged. To have a new sense of strength in you. To be encouraged, meaning to have a new sense of of a newfound sustenance in your life. That even when things don't seem right, somebody say, "Uh uh-huh, it's going to work in your favor. We have this hope, verse 19, as an anchor for the soul. (laughs) Firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. This hope is the anchor for your soul. This hope holds you and grounds you even when it feels like if life storms are about to put you and rip you off from your course. Like if it's going to take you for a ride. The Bible says if you got your hope in God, your ship ain't going nowhere because your anchor is in Jesus Christ behind the curtain in the holy place. How many times it took you to go through a rough time to realize, oh my goodness, I need to give God my everything. It seems that we wait till drastic times of our life until we give God our everything. Until we've made a mess of things and now God has to come in and play uh, Mr. House Cleaner and clean up your life. Thank you, Manny. Either that are convicted or just quiet today. Tell somebody next to you, wake up. Hope is is an everlasting anchor in your life. <clears throat> God is a never-ending lifeline. God is a constant source of strength, a constant source of hope, a constant source of sustenance. God will never leave you, never forsake you. He told Joshua, I am with you always. I'll never leave you alone. Even when you feel like if you can't make another step, God says, I'm not going to leave you alone. You're with me. Why else should we hope? I tell a person next to you, why should I hope? First John chapter three, verse three, everyone who has this hope in him, meaning Jesus purifies himself just as he meaning Jesus is pure. So when you put your hope in God, you purify yourself of the sinful things in your life uh, because hope makes you live a righteous lifestyle. Hope helps you to live a holy lifestyle because even when it doesn't seem to pay off, you're going to keep on doing it. Because you understand that it's for a purpose and for a reason. Somebody say a reason. When hope comes in contact with your impurities, it burns them away. In order to maintain hope, you must, you must live holy. So when you do all this, hope purifies you. Somebody say amen. Hope in Christ Put God at work in you. I remember an old nursery rhyme that they used to sing to me when I was very small, I'll say. And with something like, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Remember that? It took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun, the earth, Jupiter, and Mars. God's still working on you. Tell somebody next year. I'm not perfect, but God is working on me. Tell somebody around you, come on, say with life, I got more more that God needs to do. Don't judge me. Tell them I got my hope in Christ. Somebody shout glory. Come on. So I read this very same scripture to you now, Romans 15, 13, but now from the amplified version of the Bible, and it says this, may the God of your hope so fill you with. With all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound and be overflowing and bubbling over with hope. It says through the experience of your faith. Your faith is your lifetime experience. Galatians chapter 5 verses 5 and 7 says, but by faith we eagerly await through the spirit the righteousness for which we hope. For in Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Tell somebody next to you, I love you. Come on, tell somebody like you mean it. I love you. Come on, turn around and tell somebody, I love you. Your faith has got to come through with love. You do things for God, why? Because you love Him. You hold on to faith, why? Because you love Him. You're faithful in your marriage. Why? Because you love them. You're faithful to your friends. Why? Because you love them. And you're faithful to your sin. Why? Because you love it.
1: Because
0: <laughs> you love it. They're all sitting with me. Because you love it. Oh, wait a minute. Not that one. Woo. Somebody say, uh-huh. Galatians 5, verse 7. This is where I need to just let this simmer. I'm going to read this. and just let it simmer in your heart. You were, were meaning past tense, running a good race, period. Somebody say, "Uh Uh uh-huh. Now the apostle asks a question. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? I'm going to read that again so it can just sink into your spirit. You were, somebody say, "Uh uh-huh, running a good race, past tense. You're not doing it no more. Something's happened. Something's transpired. Something has taken place. I dare to say it's a lack of hope in God. You with me? Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? Ain't nothing worse when you're at a store with five registers open. And for some inexplicable reason, one moron decides to stand this far from the registers to wait and see which one of the five opens up first instead of getting behind one of the customers in one of the God-awful registers. So then what happens is that you have 20 customers behind that one moron who now are all waiting for it. So I kindly say, well, there's five lines. That's one. I'm going to go to one of the other four. And I cut them. And they say, there's a line. I said, matter of fact, there's five of them. And you're in one. Who cut you off? You know you get pissed off when somebody cuts you in line. Somebody cuts you off on a highway. You want to drive a mess or act all crazy. I'll slap you talking all that crazy. Who cut you off in your spirit? Who cut you off from God? What have you let get in your way? What has come and taken your joy? What has come and taken your peace? Who cut you off? Ask the person that said you cut me off? It's so funny. We get so mad when we get cut off. Anybody lost your electricity? You were mad because you you got cut off. But when your spirit get cut off, you act like nothing. Galatians 5, verses 7. You were, somebody say were, were, running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? How many of you grew up in church? How many of you drifted away from God after you grew up in church? Who cut you off? You gotta understand that what is stopping you? I put under your chairs a mirror. Grab your mirrors. I'm just kidding. I was gonna. <clears throat> gotcha, <you>, Minister Melvin. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> be obedient, that's reliable. You know, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna buy each and every one of you a special mirror. And on this mirror, it's going to say public enemy, number one. On the bottom, it'll say self-destructive. And every time you're looking at it, you realize you are your own worst enemy. And that you cut yourself off from God. Because ain't nobody can make you stop coming to church. Ain't nobody can make you mad. Or you decide to get mad. Anger is a choice. Anger is a decision, just like love is in every other emotion. Anger is a choice. You with me? Somebody say, uh-huh. You have to understand God wants you to have joy and peace. He said right there in Romans 15, 13, that he, the God of hope, may fill you with all joy. Somebody say, all joy and peace. The Bible said the joy of the Lord is your. So I've told you a thousand times, if you're not happy, you are weak. You see, you got to read it backwards sometimes. The joy of the Lord is your strength. If I want strength, I have to have joy. The Pastor Lewis version would say, when you're sad, you're weak. You hear that, Carl? You got me, Carlos? I'm thinking about where to put your mirror because you don't have a seat, per se. I'm working on that. I'll let you know. Under the podium or something, by the, I don't know. Somebody say, uh-huh. God wants me to have peace. Doesn't that sound crazy? It sounds crazy because some of us never ever have peace in our minds, peace in your situation, peace to understand things. How many of you can honestly say that 90% of your stress is because you don't understand some things? Somebody with me here? i got about two of you honest people. The rest of you just lying. In church, I said it. So when you get the peace of God, you don't need to understand where things come from. Uh, Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace guards your mind. Now, why would it need to guard your mind? Is the question I ask myself when I read this scripture. Uh, but it has to guard my mind in order that I don't have a war in my mind. In order that the devil won't come in and make a mess in my mind. Somebody say my mind. So the peace that passes all understanding tells you it passes understanding. It's so far beyond you having to understand something that the peace of God says, even when I don't understand why the hell I'm going through the hell I am in, I'm going to trust and put my hope in God. You following me so far? Somebody say, "Uh uh-huh. When you get that peace, you don't need to understand where things come from. All you're going to know is that only God could do it, God done did it, and only God had to be the one to get you out of it. Somebody say amen. amen. Oh, this is a very famous scripture, but I think some of us don't really understand this. next what I'm going to read, Carlos. I'm afraid to read this next scripture because I read it all the time, but they don't really ever grasp the truth behind this scripture. See, one of the most famous scriptures, and we quote it like if it's, you know, like, like cool. And we don't really understand that, Minister Melvin. I don't really understand it. I'm afraid to read it again. Should I read it? Romans chapter 8, verse 28. I'm going to read it the way you guys read it. For we know all things. I don't know. That's not true, Lord. I can't read it. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called to his purpose. Amen. I believe it. I receive it, Lord. I believe that in all things, <sighs> I don't understand why I had to go through this, God. But I know You're working in my favor, Lord. I know You're working in my behalf. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you're in church like, yes, you get home but like, ah. Do I have to go back to my sound effects bank? Trusting God? Hey! Not trusting God? Ooh. It's like you always have this, this, this thing in your heart that you can't really trust God. Leave that up for the remainder of the service, please. And all things, somebody say all things. All things. Work together. That in Hebrew and Greek it means there's a co-effort. There's a co-conspirator. That word conspirator meaning that there's a plot to end you. But God is going to take that plot and make it be your beginning and not your end. Somebody follow me here today. All things work together. It doesn't say good things or bad things. It said all things. So whether good or bad, it's got to work in your favor. Somebody say my favor. Or right. uh, Maybe you couldn't understand why you were so flat broke for so long in your life. But now that you got money, you know how to save it. Also, oh, it worked in your favor. Oh, uh, you ain't realize the wife feeling lonely. Oh, uh, you didn't understand how God was gonna work it in your favor, but it made you cry out to God and link up with other Christians. Oh, God worked it in your favor. You didn't realize then why you got dumped by him or her. Oh, but God says it wasn't for you. I worked it in your favor. Save you some heartache. Save you some trouble. Run the other way. God's working it in your favor. When you look busted and disgusted, God's working in your favor. Somebody shout, my favor. You've got to understand that maybe you couldn't understand why you were molested as a child, but now you see other people who didn't rebound like you did. So when you get up and say, I can help that boy, I can help that girl, oh, God's working in my favor. Because all things work for the good of those that love him. The moment you realize every situation in your life is going to work for your good, you won't worry. Your stress will go away. Somebody say, uh-huh. I'm going to read that again. And we know, we beating us, a crowd of witnesses encompassed by each other. Somebody say, you. you. All right. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Do you love God? It's working in your favor. Right now, your broken marriage working in your favor. Right now, your hurtness, your hurt, all that hurt its working in your favor. All right now, you lost your job. It's working in your favor. You may not understand it now, but God wants you to develop a prayer life in the midst of you being all that extra time in your life. Oh, I know about that. Let me tell you something. It's time to call on God when things look the worst so that it can work in your favor. You have to understand that when you lost your job, maybe God wanted you to understand that He wanted to provide your needs, and He, He, and only He could do the things that He wants to do. So when He did it, you know it only came through Him, and there was no way that I could have done it. Because all things work for the good of those who love Him. You hearing me? I was speaking with Sister Evelyn the first time she got in the hospital and the first time they told her you need a heart transplant. And a week later, she said, I realized I got sick and faced death so that God could be glorified and that I could stop playing games with him and so that I could take and I could get off my lazy spiritual behind and stop just taking from God but actually give something back to God and I understand that this has worked in my favor. I've never prayed like I prayed before. I've never read my Bible like I did before but I realize now that it worked in my favor. All things work together together. A, operation, a co operation, a cohesive effort. It binds your life together every situation when you put your hope in God. You couldn't see right now why things got to be the way they are, but you look back over your life and you think things over with now hindsight, 2020 vision, and you realize things worked in your favor and everything worked for the good of those that loved Him. You couldn't see how God was going to save your family because they were such a mess. But God says, I'll use their very own brokenness, their very own heart, their very own rock bottom just to get them back to me if I have to. And all things work for the good of those that love him. Sometimes you need to let your family and your friends hit rock bottom. Once they hit rock bottom, then they realize they need God. But if you always bail them out, you always help them, you always just be their hero, then God can never step in. Leave your family alone. Let them hit rock bottom. God ain't called you to be the savior of the world. Oh, but they're my kids, pastor. You don't understand. No, 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 you don't understand. As long as you're a support system, they ain't got no reason to cry out to our father. You're with me. You couldn't see why all these things happened to you in your life. Maybe Manny, two and a half years ago, couldn't see why he had a stroke when he was just, what, 25 years old or 24 years old. But yet, in God's mercy, that drew him back to God. All things work for the good of those that love him. You never thought catching a brain tumor could actually bring you back to God. But all things work for the good of those that love him. Oh, maybe Melvin couldn't realize why his neck got hurt when it did but yet God said through that I'll get glory because Melvin will draw closer to me, Melvin will see that he needs me more than ever and although your physical body might not be as big as it was, your spiritual body has far out past that, oh but yet all things, all things, all things, all things work for the good of those that love him and you know what, maybe I couldn't see then why my dad had to die but I realize now that God wanted to somebody else's life. I realize now he wanted to grow a church. I realize now he wanted to grow me up. I realize now that God wanted to touch you. Because all things work together for the good of those that love him. And I can stand here and I can say, oh death, where is your sting? As the Bible says. Because all that you meant for destruction turned to God's glory. All that you meant for devastation ended up destiny in my life. All things, all things, all things work for your good. I don't care what you're facing, it's going to work on your behalf. If it don't kill you, let me tell you, it's true. It'll make you stronger. You with me? I thank God, no matter what I've been through, it's worked in my favor. Every mistake I made intentionally and unintentionally because some of us intentionally sin it works in my favor simply because I have this one key ingredient called love and my love is inspired by my hope which only came through my faith in God I'm almost done, somebody say "Uh uh-huh I thank God That he's working my spirit over and over, exercising muscles in my spirit that I haven't flexed in years. That some of you haven't been on fire for God like you should in years. Uh, Maybe some of you haven't been on fire for God like you should in weeks, days. Maybe some of you haven't sought after God like you should. But I tell you today that all things are going to work in your favor. Every dead situation. You may say, Pastor, you said death has no sting, where the Bible says, speaking of Jesus and his resurrection, oh, death, where is your sting? Meaning it doesn't affect me. You may say, Well, Pastor, I haven't experienced death. But let me tell you, you've experienced death in your finances, death in your spirit, death in your family, in your relationships. In your friendships. But I would challenge you. That death has no sting. Because in retrospect. When you look at things. After you've been through some things. And God knows that the church knows how to go through stuff. That after all is said and done. You can look back over your life. And you can think some things over. And you can truly say that you've been blessed. You're a testimony. You're a testimony. You're a living example of what God can do. <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I've been through hell and high water in the last two years and four months. I've, I've faced some of the worst times of my life, but yet it's worked for God's glory some way, somehow, when I couldn't even expect it or deserve it. God has worked things out in my life. You're with me. Somebody say, when I look back over my life, and I think things over, I can truly say, I've been blessed. I got a testimony. Come on, stand to your feet. You know what the beautiful thing of a testimony is, right? You get to share it with people. Give me a Elias. You get to share it with people. You're with me this morning. Every situation shall work in my good. Say that right now. Every situation shall work in my good. I want you to read this scripture now. And we know that all things. I want you to read it in your life with hope, with strength. That all things work together for the good of them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. You with me there? All things, all things, all things are working in your favor. Close your eyes right now. Lift your hands right now if you want to receive from God this afternoon now. And I want you to say to your spirit, all things, all things, all things are working in my favor. All things. Are working in my favor. Understand that right now. Keep your eyes closed right now. All things. I don't care what it is. Listen to your spirit. I don't care what you're facing in your life. Listen. I don't care how bad it is. Let me tell you something. Spirit. It's going to work in your favor. There's no way to fall. When God is holding you up. There's no way to fall when God is your sustenance. There's no way to fail when God is lifting you up. God has called you to be more than a conqueror. More than just an ordinary Christian. More than just an ordinary person. But that all things, all things, all things, all things are going to work in your favor. Your hurt is going to work. Your pain, your sickness, your infirmities, your brokenness, your, your, your financial troubles. It's gonna work in your favor. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. O my seat. put our hope in God. Come on, tell Him right now, my hope is in You, God. Come on, begin to talk to Him right now. Just tell Him my hope. Come on, pray right now over yourself. Come on, think about your problems, your mounting bills pray right now. I don't care if you lay hands on yourself or maybe somebody needs to hug yourself. You need love in your life. God is saying today that it's going to work in your favor. oh Mama I plead Jesus over each and every one of your lives right now. I plead the blood over your life right now.
1: My heart will say Come on, tell him no other. No other name. but Jesus.
0: Come on, Jesus. Come on, lift it, tell him my heart will sing.
1: We'll sing. No other name.
0: Jesus. Come on, lift it, tell him my heart will sing. My heart will sing. No other name. Come on, Jesus.
1: Jesus.
0: Come on, lift it up right in that tongue. Jesus.
1: Jesus. Come on, tell her. Oh my heart will say. My heart will say. No other name. Jesus. Come on, church, lift it up from your spirit right now. Jesus. Oh my heart will say. My heart will say. No other name. No other name. Jesus. Jesus. Come on, lift it up, church to down. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, my heart mercy. My heart. Jesus, Jesus. him moment time. Oh, my heart, come on, lift it up. My heart will sing. No other name, Jesus,
0: Jesus. Oh God, you're the God of all hope. You're the God of all hope, all joy, all peace in my life. God, that you would let it overflow with hope in my life. God, that it would abound in my spirit, God. That I would understand no matter what I am facing in my life. I thank you that I don't look like what I've been through. I thank you, I might have been through the fire, but I don't smell like it, God. I might have been through hell, God, but I don't look like it, God. I thank you, God. Give us hope in this afternoon, God. Give us hope in this place, God. Give us hope in this church. Not just for ourselves, God, but for the people around us, God. For the souls, God, that need more of you, Father. That our hearts, God, will sing nothing but your name, God. That our hearts, Father God, will sing nothing but your praises, God. So may the God of your hope fill you with all joy. And peace in believing through the experiences of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over with hope.